Sometimes in our spiritual life, we can enter into autopilot, and we can only see what's in front of us. And when we can only see what's in front of us, it limits our expectations on how God can work in us and through us. But God doesn't want his children to live on autopilot. He doesn't want us to limit our expectations of what he can do. Instead, he wants us to live by faith, and faith demands that we seek God beyond our limitations. Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is our host and teacher, Chris Katulka. We've got a great show for you today, but before we get to Chris, did you know for 75 years, the Friends of Israel has produced the award-winning magazine, Israel My Glory? Israel My Glory is a go-to resource for everything a Christian needs to know about Israel, the Middle East, and the Jewish people. If you're not a subscriber yet, we invite you to sign up for a free one-year subscription by going to foiradio.org or call our listener line at 888-343-6940. Once again, that's foiradio.org or 888-343-6940 for your free one-year subscription to Israel My Glory. When was the last time God surprised you in life? The kind of surprise that when you tell someone the story of what God did, you might say to them, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Well, that was the same phrase God said to Habakkuk just before he surprised the prophet himself. And today we're going to open up the scriptures to Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5, when God promised to surprise the disheartened prophet. Also, I want to offer my opinion on the current climate surrounding religion and faith in politics today from one of my recent blog posts, which you can read at foiradio.org, called Freedom From Religion or Freedom Of Religion. So be sure to stick around for that. But first, the news. Last month, the United States, in conjunction with the Israeli government and IDF, opened its first permanent U.S. base in Israel. Major General John Gronsky said this base symbolizes the strong bond that exists between the United States and Israel. Brigadier General Zvika Haimovich said of the IAF's Aerial Defense Command that this establishment of a U.S. base in Israel is nothing short of historic. Placing a permanent U.S. base in Israel not only helps improve defense, it also sends a clear message to Israel's enemies in the region that America and Israel have a strong bond with similar values and goals that cannot be broken. That's why this is nothing short of historic. Have you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? It's all about a guy who shares his interesting life stories with people while he's waiting at a bus stop. And in one section of the movie, he talks about how growing up, he had to wear metal braces on his legs. And he was teased for this all the time. And one day as he was being teased, he started to run away from his bullies. And it was impossible for him to run with those metal braces on his legs until all of a sudden, those metal braces broke off. And Forrest Gump took off running. Nobody could catch him because he ran so fast. The bullies were surprised when they saw this, and even Forrest Gump was surprised himself. When the scene pans back to Forrest telling the stranger this story from the bus stop bench, he says this, Now you wouldn't believe me if I told you, but I could run like the wind blows. From that day on, 
If I was going anywhere, I was running. And I love that line, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. I love that line because it's so out of the ordinary. The story he's sharing is so outside what's normal, Forrest Gump has to say, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. It's just utter surprise. And here's the question I have for you. When was the last time you told a story about how God worked in your life that would make you say, you wouldn't believe me if I told you? You know, sometimes in our spiritual life, we can enter into autopilot. And we can only see what's in front of us. And when we can only see what's in front of us, it limits our expectations on how God can work in us and through us. But God doesn't want his children to live on autopilot. He doesn't want us to limit our expectations of what he can do. Instead, he wants us to live by faith. And faith demands that we seek God beyond our limitations. That's where the prophet Habakkuk comes into play. Habakkuk was very upset with God, and you get that right away when you open to chapter 1 of Habakkuk. And he was upset because he just couldn't see God at work. The prophet was only looking for God in front of him. Habakkuk chapter 1 opens with the prophet concerned that God had overlooked the holy standard of the law placed on Israel. The people of Israel were sinning against God by breaking his law. And Habakkuk says to God in chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Why do you force me to witness injustice? Why do you put up with wrongdoing? Destruction and violence confront me. Conflict is present and one must endure strife. For this reason, the law lacks power and justice is never carried out. Indeed, the wicked intimidate the innocent, and for this reason, justice is perverted. Habakkuk is tired of seeing God's law being broken by the Israelites. And when the Israelites overlook God's law, justice is perverted. And for Habakkuk, it was like watching a driver speed recklessly in a residential area with kids around and law enforcement just standing there watching and doing nothing. Habakkuk lost his patience waiting for God to do something about Israel's disobedience. And the prophet isn't wrong to expect God to do something, actually. God said he would punish Israel if they walked away from his commandments. But for Habakkuk, he expected God to do things his way. Basically, Habakkuk lost the ability to be surprised by God. So God answered Habakkuk, and listen to what he says to him. Look among the nations, Habakkuk. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. Did you hear it? God said the same line Forrest Gump said in the movie. God said to Habakkuk, I'm about to do something so amazing in your day, Habakkuk, that you wouldn't believe me if I told you. While Habakkuk was busy looking only at what was right in front of him, what was happening in Israel, he didn't realize that God was at work in the nations around him, in the places Habakkuk couldn't see, to accomplish what he had been waiting for God to do. And God said to Habakkuk, for I am doing a work in your days. 
When we only expect God to work in the box we've created for him, then we're saying God isn't the God of the impossible. And I had this problem 10 years ago when I co-led our first young adult ministry trip to Israel. It's called Origins. And 10 years ago, I was helping lead a group of Christians to volunteer at a kibbutz. And a few days before we were supposed to start volunteering, the leader of the team came to me and said, I want you to take a small group of guys to serve at a hospital not far from here. Now, this was only my second time to Israel and my first time leading a trip in Israel. So I was absolutely shocked that he would ask me to lead a group to a hospital. And I'll be honest, fear gripped me, and I started to think, I can't do this, I can't speak Hebrew, I don't know anyone there, and these young men that you're expecting me to take are looking for me to lead them in an area that I'm completely unfamiliar with. I limited God to only what I could see in front of me. And what I saw scared me. But little did I know that God was at work all around me in areas I couldn't see. And let me just say, I have a story to tell you that you wouldn't believe if I told you. We worked for two weeks at Kaplan Medical Center in Israel, and my fear was quickly drowned out by the hard work we did and the tremendous relationships and friendships we made with the employees there. Later on, we found out that the kibbutz didn't work out as a consistent place for annual volunteer work, and the only option left was the hospital. And 10 years later, the Friends of Israel has brought more than 250 volunteers, old and young, from America Canada, and Australia to show and share the love of the Messiah with employees and patients through our volunteer work at Kaplan Medical Center. If you would have told me that first day when we stepped foot on Kaplan, that 10 years later, more than 250 Christians from around the world would minister at the hospital from the work we are starting today, I would have laughed at you. But looking back, all I can say is, God was at work in the places I couldn't see. And it's a story you wouldn't believe if I told you. We should always be surprised by what God is doing. It's a sign he's working through us as we stretch ourselves and step out in faith. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, Chris, I want those kind of stories, the kind where you say, you wouldn't believe me if I told you, then I want to share two things with you. First, Don't be scared to have an honest conversation with God about what's going on in life. Habakkuk held nothing back. Just read the book of Habakkuk. It's very short. He held nothing back, and God responded to him. Abraham held nothing back when he felt like God wasn't upholding his end of the promise, and God responded. Go to God in prayer, and folks, hold nothing back, and let God respond in his time. Because his timing is always right. Just listen to what the Lord says to Habakkuk in chapter 2, verses 3. For still the vision awaits its appointed time, Habakkuk. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And here's another thing. Be willing to step out in faith to do what seems impossible. I'll be honest, going to Kaplan that first time seemed impossible. 
when Peter stepped out on the water to go to Jesus. It literally was the impossible. People don't walk on water, my friends. And he was surprised to find out that he could do that, that he could walk on water. But first, he had to take that initial step of faith to uh, dip his toe in the water, if you will. And here's the other thing for you perfectionists out there, like myself. Stepping out in faith isn't always going to look perfect. It's going to be messy, actually. There are mistakes that we made at Kaplan that first few weeks that we were there. And remember, Peter sunk after a few steps. But I bet every time Peter had a chance to share that memory of walking out on water with Jesus, I bet he said, I've got a story for you that you wouldn't believe me if I told you. It's not going to look pretty to take the step of faith, but it will be rewarding. And finally, remember, any amazing story of how God surprised us or how God worked in our life or through us, it's not for us to boast in. But instead, it's for us to exalt and glorify God the Father. Sometimes many of us don't read the minor prophet books in the Bible because we feel they're complicated or don't really relate to us as believers. In David Levy's book, When Prophets Speak of Judgment, a commentary on Habakkuk, Zephaniah, and Haggai, you'll discover that the hardships from the wickedness committed by ancient Judah have striking similarities to what we read in the headlines today. You know, David Levy does a great job in balancing God's judgment while encouraging and challenging us to redeem the time as we move ever closer to the last days. To learn more about this book and other resources available, visit our website, foiradio.org. That's FOI as in Friends of Israel Radio.org. I was always taught in school, the First Amendment of the Constitution promised American citizens the basic right of freedom of religion, and that one's religion, of, and that one's religious affiliation should never be used to determine their adequacy for a position serving in any capacity of the United States government. That was something I learned in middle school. But I'm beginning to think that Senator Dianne Feinstein may have mistaken freedom of religion for freedom from religion when she recently brought into question appellate court nominee Amy Coney Barrett, a law professor at Notre Dame who happens to be a devout Catholic. Senator Feinstein, who sits on the Senate Judiciary Committee, probed into Barrett's religious background with the hope to draw out anything she could to show that Barrett is unfit to be a federal judge. Why? Because she's too Catholic. 
Senator Feinstein said to Barrett during the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals nomination hearing, the dogma lives loudly within you. And she's talking about that rigid dogma of the Catholic Church and their views against abortion and same-sex marriage. Senator Feinstein continued, and that's of concern when you come to big issues that large numbers of people have fought for years in this country. Of course, Senator Feinstein is worried Barrett will overstep her role as judge and rule from the bench based on her religious views, undoing the years of hard work the progressive left had made advocating for their agenda. Senator Feinstein isn't the only senator overstepping the line on the no religious test clause. Senator Bernie Sanders questioned Russell Vaught, then nominee for deputy director of the Office of Management and Budget, the OMB, about his Christian views and questioned whether he was fit to lead the OMB because of his Christian beliefs. I'm confident Senator Sanders would find fault with what even most of the founders believed. The founders of our great country crafted the Constitution to protect nominees like Amy Coney Barrett, to protect her from politicians who would create an unconstitutional religious litmus test for any nominee. The No Religious Test Clause, which is Article 6, Section 3, prevents one's religious beliefs from becoming a test to their suitability of a position. Religious litmus tests were commonplace in England, actually, in the 17th century, where the ruling class prevented English citizens from obtaining government positions who were not members of the Church of England. And here's the reality. The progressive left's agenda is as much a religion to them as Barrett's Catholicism is to her. Here's the difference, though. I'm confident Mrs. Barrett will be more apt to uphold her constitutional role as judge than Senator Feinstein and Senator Sanders do as being senator. We have to remember, it's not freedom from religion. It's freedom of religion. And it's Amy Coney Barrett's God-given constitutional right to be both a devout Catholic and now Seventh Circuit Appellate Court Judge. Israel, on the verge of becoming a state, a teenage Holocaust survivor arrives on her shores alone. His name is Svi Kalisher. Little did he know his search for a new life in the Holy Land would lead him to the Messiah. Svi, enthusiastic to share his faith, engaged others in spiritual conversations, many of which can be found in our magazine, Israel, My Glory. While Svi is now in the presence of his Savior, his collected writings from well over 50 years of ministry continue to encourage believers worldwide. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life of Svi. Last week, I had an extraordinary experience. As I was walking with my children in the old city of Jerusalem on the way to buy groceries, we passed an ice cream parlor. Little David asked me to buy him an ice cream cone, and naturally Ruth, Mino, and Victor wanted the same, and so we went inside and bought the treats. And as the children were eating their ice cream, I noticed a man sitting at a table reading aloud the Psalms. I knew this man and realized that he was not the psalm-reading type. So I asked him if someone in his family was sick. It is customary among Jewish people to read the Psalms when a family member is sick. No, he replied, no one in my family is sick. 
He then led me into a back room where I saw four men sitting at a table playing cards. Intrigued, I asked, what does reading the Psalms have to do with playing cards? He told me a sad and sordid story. He was an habitual card player and had lost all of his money. In desperation, he went to a so-called wise man for advice. This wise man counseled him to borrow more money and hire an expert card player to win back what he had lost. He therefore borrowed a considerable amount of money and even pawned his wife's gold watch, which he had given to her before their marriage. Then he started to recite the Psalms, thinking that would help him win back his money and his wife's gold watch. Soon, however, he had lost the borrowed money and the money received from the watch, and now he was ashamed and even afraid to go home. What shall I do? he asked in despair. First, I replied, you must immediately stop playing cards or participating in any other form of gambling, otherwise you will suffer an even greater calamity. And then you must pray to God to give you a new heart and a new spirit. In his anxiety and embarrassment, he promised to do all that I had told him, but he begged me to go home with him as he was ashamed and afraid of his wife and children. After completing my shopping, I took my children home and then accompanied this man to his home. And then I found his wife distraught and very angry. The children looked hungry and dirty and lacked proper clothing and shoes. I spoke quietly to his wife and told her she should try and forgive him. Otherwise, the situation would become even more desperate. And little by little, I managed to quiet her. Her husband wept and promised never to play cards again, but I told him, unless you accept the Messiah into your heart, you will never be able to keep that promise. His wife then asked, How can a decent man like you befriend such a wretch as my husband, who sins way more than he himself? I told her that our Savior came to heal those who were sick, people just like her husband. It is possible, I said, that the Lord allowed him to get into this predicament so that he would realize his own helplessness. Perhaps God used me as his messenger to help him. After I left, the husband and wife were reconciled. A few days later, he found a job, and now he works at my side. Last Sabbath, I went to this family's home and took them with me to our place of worship. And after the service, I invited them to my home for dinner. Let us pray for the salvation of this family. The Lord is able. I want to remind you to visit foiradio.org, that's foiradio.org, to purchase When Prophets Speak of Judgment by David Levy. And as we're closing today, Chris, and reflecting on your message from earlier in the program, are there any words of encouragement you'd like to leave us with today? I would say this. 
We should want to be surprised by God. And God will surprise you the most in life when you step out in faith. And stepping out in faith may not look pretty at all times, but when we do, we'll always have that you wouldn't believe me if I told you kind of stories to glorify the name of the Lord. I'll give you that web address one more time. We want to hear from you, foiradio.org. Contact us and let us know where you're listening. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallion, co-written by Sarah Fern, Mike Kellogg read Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people. 